Greetings, Sits and Sivs. You're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 27 and was recorded live on June 14th, made available for download June 17th at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Lennon. And I'm Jeff. What do we have this week, Jeff? Well, in this week's Squawk Box, we'll check out the stats behind organizations. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update. 10 for the Chairman, Episode 24, the latest updates to Arena Commander, and the very first episode of Around the Verse. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we'll talk about finances in the verse. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Sits and Sibs, we are always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join the crew here at Guard Frequency. Uh, we're especially looking for an audio engineer right now to come and join the team here and assist with our weekly shows. So, if you've got a creative itch that needs scratching, then we would love to hear from you. Just drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. Please remember, though, that all the positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This is, after all, a labor of love, but we do look fantastic. Fantastic on a CV or resume. We've added a new feature to our website, guardfrequency.com, a donate button. After six months of clockwork releases, trips to Austin and LA, and the occasional detour into lunacy, we're finally confident enough to set that hat out on the sidewalk. Of course, we're happy to share our labor of love with you each week free of charge, but it's nice to get the occasional concrete reminder that folks out there in the verse love listening to the show as much as we love making it. We thank the folks who have already chipped in, and we hope you consider making a regular contribution. The more support we get, the better show we can make. Well, that takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on to the show and see what's coming through the Squawk Box. Hey, you boys see a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. This is Tony saying welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. Reddit user LindyNet has done some internet's magic with the org web pages and compiled all the public information available into a handy Excel spreadsheet. Want to see what everyone is up to? Well, here are some general conclusions from the original post, which is now two weeks old, so this might be a bit stale after the release of Arena Commander. Some general information for you. 45.5% of organizations have one member. Not much of an organization there. 75% of organizations have three or fewer members. So that's uh, Chris Roberts' uh, Constellation crew for you right there, more or less. 94% of organizations have 10 or fewer members. So that's a Connie and some escorts. 0.47% of organizations, or 77 altogether, have 100 or more members. So those guys are the exception, not the rule. 40% of orgs list freelancing or exploration as their primary focus. And while there are 350 more non-role-playing organizations than role-playing organizations, 64% of everybody who's a member of an org don't role-play. So, but even though that's about uh, two-thirds of the people that are joining organizations, that means a third of them are looking to role-play somehow inside the Chris Roberts universe. And while 75% of all those uh, org members use English, German and French make up most of the rest. A couple of organizational-specific findings for you. Of the top five orgs, Imperium is made up of over 99% members, while Explore is made up of over 70% affiliates. And Das Cartel is the largest all-member org with 819. 
And again, remember, these stats are a couple weeks old. I'm sure with the release of Arena Commander and the usual just ebb and flow of membership, those are probably all a little different now. But lucky for you, LindyNet appears to be still actively parsing this data and updating it. And she's got links to the lists of primary and secondary activities of the orgs. And she's uh, keeping her thumb on the pulse of everything. So go check out her username on Reddit for updates. But enough about all you people. Let's talk about us. Guard Frequency Response. We've got 41 members. 15 of those are affiliates, including Lenin, who callously has abandoned ship to open up a one-man shop of his own. Woo-hoo. Fight the power. I, I, oh, you peep. I, I just, anyway, public service announcement. Guard Frequency Response will pretty much take anybody as an affiliate so long as you're not redacting your main organization. We'll talk about you pirates and, uh, and scumbags and clean house later on. But for now, hey, we're all just learning how to play the game. Now, as a special treat, I also pulled some stats from PodTrack.com so we can tell you guys something about yourselves, you the listeners of the show. Most of you like to use Firefox on a Windows machine to uh, consume your guard frequency. About a sixth of you catch us in some form of iTunes configuration. And it looks like there might be one or two diehard Zoom users. Good news for you, Jeff. Not everybody hates Microsoft products. There you are. Guard Frequency has listeners in more than 20 countries. In addition to the usual English-speaking countries, we also have fans in Germany, Slovakia, the Netherlands, Sweden, and other countries. Seriously, there's a category called Other Countries, which finishes seventh in between Sweden and the Netherlands in total downloads. So there we have it. An international game, an international podcast, a ragtag band defying the odds or something. We'll have links to the original org stats Reddit post in our show notes. All right, guys, so here's the big question. $24,000 question. Here it is. Who likes us better, the Germans or the Canadians? I would have to say Ooh. the Canadians. I'm, I'm going to go with the Germans. Lennon, at this time you should uh, do an achievement unlock sound right here. You win. Yes! Yes. The Germans. We're bigger in Germany than Canada. I'm shocked, and I'm saddened by my very close neighbors. I live about 13 <laughs> miles south of the Canadian border, so... You think you just need to wear the shirt? <laughs> just just put on the T-shirt, walk across the border, have some people say, Hey, 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 you hoser. What's with the shirt, eh? And then you just tell them about it, and we'll get some more Canadian fans. I think if there's one thing we can be assured of, though, is that the Canadians will profusely apologize for coming second to Germany. <laughs> for <now. Thanks>. so. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's well. true. That's true. They, they are a very polite and quietly patriotic country. Well, we love our fans no matter where you're from. Have you read, seen, or heard something that you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. And now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Our crowdfunding update for June 14th, 2014, 46,331,000. We've unlocked the big question. Should stretch goals continue to be a thing? Be sure to make your voice heard by voting in the poll on the RSI website. We're now up to almost 480,000 registered users, up another 12K from last week's 10K spike. I guess this must be a popular thing that we're doing now with this whole Arena Commander What's This. And if you want in, if you're a latecomer to the game, you can still get in with an Arena Commander Pass available for 5 bucks. And if you have any change left over from last week's $9 bill, I'd recommend a Whopper with cheese, no onions, the Big Mac, not so much, no. 
I showed a few of my work colleagues a little bit of the dogfighting module and they were so impressed. They just backed there and then. They bought a pledge ship. They bought an arena commander pass and they were straight in. I'd yeah, imagine yeah. that a lot of people have been showing it off and that situation has just replicated the snowboard. So yeah, there was a huge yeah. spike in users. And smashing through the crowdfunding barrier like me at a buffet brings us another letter from the chairman. At 46 million, we get given some updated scanner software from Chimera Communications. The upgrade offers advanced scanning capabilities for prospecting asteroids above and beyond the standard baseline systems, giving us a composite sketch of potential ore deposits. With the new version, Chimera also included an updated library of searchable frequencies as well as variable scan sizes, allowing smaller surface, higher resolution scans. And we also find out that the winner of the poll for the next ship commercial is the Retaliator, UEE's long-range bomber. Speaking of the Retaliator, we're also given a work-in-progress gallery as a team over at Foundry 42 get her built-in engine. If you're a fan of the Retaliator, then you'll really want to feast your eyes on this. Available now at the RSI website or by going through our links in the show notes. You know, I read some of the captions on there, and there's one of the slides is a the entire right hand of the slide is the guy anticipating forum rage. Yes. And going, can't we all just get along? <laughs> like, dude, don't apologize, man. It looks great. He's like, it's like, I mean, it's like they're anticipating someone's going to be mad. There's going to be a guy that's going to start a thread. Concern. Retaliator knows no longer looks like it means business. Like, oh, man, it looks cool. It always had the B1B Lancer feel to me, and now they just, like, push that all the way to 11. I love the new look on the Retaliator. Does anybody else like it, hate it? Or when are you guys going to start that thread? Is that what's going to happen? No, I really do like the Retaliator. There's, <laughs> it's, I'm going to be down some more money when this thing is finally released properly. So. <laughs> this, the realistic thing of all this is that this is all the ships before the game starts. That doesn't mean they're going to stop making ships. So anybody not liking oh. something or wanting a particular kind of ship in, they're going to get it in somewhere, somehow, sometime during the game's lifetime. Jeff, Jeff, keep your voice down. My wallet might hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Three pieces of fiction come to us from RSI this week. First up, the latest entry into the Galactic Guide, the Coral System. Best known for planets Coral 3 and 4, otherwise known as Low and Castor. Low is the heart of the Castor System and the last major stop before entering space owned by the Banu Protectorate. It's heavily regulated by customs, so it's not a place you want to be visiting if you be an old salty sky lover who likes to keep one eye on the booty. Castor, on the other hand, is a barren wasteland with very few inhabitants. So if you're in the market for shifting some luxury goods, then you'll have one hell of a captive audience. Next up is the first run, a Sorry Lyrax Delivery, Episode 9. In the words of Sorry, screw the guy that ever said space battles were a silent ballet of death. As the gentle pull of artificial gravity turned into a whirling migraine of hygiene maneuvers, but just as it looks like she's in the clear, down comes Hennessy and places her under arrest. And finally, Tracker, run for the border where we hear about a bounty placed on someone for pulling off a six-system bank heist and also, in the process, get a little more info on how inter-system communication will work. Check out all these fantastic pieces of fiction and more over on the Robert Space Industry website. This week's fan spotlight features streamers, all those sits and sis that take to Twitch to show us their A-game, and all the failures and successes that come with them. A great roundup of Sunday Community's best, so be sure to give them some love by looking up their Twitch channels. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. And the latest episode of 10 for the Chairman hit the intertubes, where Chris takes questions from the subscribers and gives us all the answers we're dying to hear. 
or maybe we just wanted to know. As always, we're going to bring you what we feel are the best questions from the batch. We learned that hull breaches will only be able to occur around airlocks, hangar doors, etc. It's not really practical, given the level of detail required on a ship, to uh, be able to breach just anywhere and come in through the bathroom wall. Instead, the HUD will highlight where a breach is possible. Cyborg limbs will be repairable and can be damaged. To repair them, you'll need to go to a cybernetic repair facility, which will be available planetside, or in the case of a large ship, maybe your ship's medbay. And if your organization engages in too much anti-UEE behavior, it could get flagged as a terrorist organization, and you'll be hunted down accordingly. Again, these are just the highlights that we decided to focus on, so be sure you check out the full version over on the RSI website. The inaugural episode of Around the Verse premiered this week as our hosts Ben Lesnick and Sandy Gardner bring us the best from the Star Citizen community, as well as CIG, all in the spirit of Wingman's Hangar. We start off with a small sketch. Wonder where they got that idea from. Actually, there was a fun little uh, exchange between Chivalry Bean, our community manager, and Ben Lesnick himself, where Chivalry Bean asks, Hey, where did you learn how to do that? And Ben Lesnick responds, I learned it by watching you. And this week's guest is Travis Day, the dogfighting producer, who answers some questions from the fans. Much like with forum feedback from Wingman's Hangar, we're just going to bring you the highlights. So Travis confirms that the release schedule for the ships in Arena Commander is still set to get all the single-seater ships in first, then all their variants released, followed by the multi-crewed ships. Travis then goes on to address game balance and tells us that because a lot of ships are not designed as strict dogfighting ships, like the Aurora, that ship balance in Arena Commander is always going to be different than ship balance in Star Citizen's Persistent Universe. In the Persistent Universe, a Hornet should always be superior to an Aurora, so bearing that in mind, they're going to be introducing some new game modes to take advantage of the ship's differences, like a cargo run mode, where the objective will be to get cargo from A to B as quickly as possible. Perfect for ships with a larger hold, but weaker weapons. And finally, on Around the Verse, in the fan spotlight of the week, we meet the man behind Disco Lando. So be sure to check out Around the Verse, episode one, over on the RSI website, or by visiting the links that are in our show notes. Although we may have only had our hands on Arena Commander for a few weeks now, the team at CIG are constantly hard at work, pushing ever onwards towards the next release. And this week sees the start of multiplayer rollouts. If you're an early backer or you submitted some especially valuable hangar bug reports, then there's a chance you're already invited into the multiplayer test. For those of you not lucky enough to get in, fear not, as CIG say, that tests are going well and we've upped the number of invitees to the first 2,477 citizens, plus the original testers. So, from zero multiplayers to just shy of 2,500 in the first week, they've got some way to go before all half a million backers are in. But it's a very promising start. Yeah, by my very rough estimates, they said they had. there were a few people that got it, I think, right away. And there was a group of 250 known good bug reporter guys that got in in the very, very first day. But 24 hours later, they opened it up to 2,500 people. So it seems to me that if they started with a couple dozen, then expanded it by an order of magnitude, then expanded it by an order of magnitude, I'd say given that pattern, probably sometime next week if the thing holds together all weekend long, by the time you hear this episode on Tuesday, it would not surprise me to see the next 25,000 to go and then incrementally jump it up after that. So I think they're going to, as long as the thing holds together, I think it's going to expand pretty rapidly. Well, I hope so, because I hate crashing. <laughs> well, there there have been, there are crashes. I mean, it's, it's just starting out. But I think that the idea is that they're finding that they're not generating more bugs by letting more people in. I think that's the experience that they're getting. Arena Commander Patch 12.2 was released and brings with it a whole slew of fixes. We'll have another Under the Bonnet article published very soon. And just in case...
case you're not familiar with Parias's Under the Bonnet articles, he likes to take apart the patches and really look at the gory details from the inside out. He can tell us an uncomfortable amount of detail about what's really going on inside those lines of code and those files and packs and folders and whatever. If you've not caught up with the series so far, you should at least check out Under the Bonnets 12 and 12.1 because there's some really good stuff in there. But until he's had a chance to digest 12.2, we're here to bring you the official word. The latest patch includes Van Duel no longer showing as committing suicide when defeating them with missiles. They've added an inverse flight mouse and inverse flight controller options to the game setting screen. Helmet animation now plays when putting on the helmet. Woo-hoo. Ejection now counts towards the player's death. Added an expanded X-52 mapping support. Increased fuel tank capacity to allow for longer afterburner use. And fixed crashes when the match round ends. Still a few known issues out there, some of the big ones being the multiplayer side. Other ships can appear to rotate when they're actually not. Lennon, did you have some particular uh, experience with this? Yes, so just in case anybody out there happens to see it, if they're in the multiplayer side of things, if you see somebody that appears to be spinning on almost like a three-quarter slant of their axis, like a 45 degree, they're usually actually flying dead straight, and in most cases when I've seen this happens, they're actually flying straight towards you, which makes them an utter Mm. pain in the backside to target because according to your screen they're constantly moving just dodging out of your firing solution but also if they are heading straight towards you i've also noticed that it doesn't appear to actually show any of their firing solution coming out of their weapons so sometimes you could just be flying towards someone who happens to be spinning and then the next thing you know you're dead just purely because the Hmm. graphics haven't caught up with it yet so if you're having some mysterious Ah. deaths try and stay away from the people that are doing a bit of crazy spinning I still question why the ejection counts towards player's death, except the fact that you're in a simulator and that you're really not ejecting from anything. I, I think that's it. It's a defeat. It's a surrender. So have you? Um, did you read the Arena Commander manual, by the way? I did. I did. Okay. So just one of the things that I really liked about it was it very much felt like an old sort of manual from a 1980s, 1990s video game. It loved those things. Oh, yeah. They really don't make them like that anymore, which is... uh, I have a shelf full of them still. Because they're really, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to have those. It was really nice to have them in those boxes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you may need to see a doctor about that. But if you <laughs> if you flick through this manual, it really does feel really authentic. And they've got loads of little adverts, especially to like Shroud of the Avatar by mm-hmm. Richard Garrity, mm-hmm. which was quite good. And uh, mm-hmm. right at the very bottom, they had this little advert for an Avenger mission pack. Did you see that? I did. So Very end. I'm fairly certain that this means that the Avengers going to be the next ship that's introduced. Is that like a reasonable assumption, do you think? Jeff, are you going to argue with them? I'm certainly not. I'm not going to argue with them, no. Okay, in that case, guys, I, I, I need to know. Okay. Where the f*** is the Avenger mission pack? Good question. Very I mean, good it's question. Been like, like, it's been like two weeks since we've got the dogfighting module. Two whole weeks. Yeah. And in the interview last week, I got Chris Roberts to acknowledge that there was a content drought. I mean, you know, already. I mean, we're serious. Yeah. We're jonesing now. We're jonesing for the Avenger mission pack. Well, what are we going to do until we get the Avenger mission pack, Lennon? What are we going to do? Cry. Okay. After we've had a good cry, what are we going to do then? Go for ice cream. You're British. Stiff upper lip. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> stiff upper lip. Come on. Okay. What, what would a British person do with a stiff upper lip in this situation? What would he do? They would play Arena Commander, and they would get better. Good idea. They would. Yes. They good would idea. become the best like pilot they would ever be. Nice thinking. 
What we're going to do while we're waiting for the Avenger mission pack, which, I mean, God only knows when we're going to get to that. Yeah, uh, really. But what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to try to help everybody out by spreading the knowledge and the love and the tips and the tricks that uh, we've come across that make you a better pilot uh, and then help you kill other people faster. That's because that's what we want to do here at Guard Frequency. Wait, no, wait. Jeff, what are we supposed to be doing instead? Uh, I don't know. Jeff, you're usually the one to come back and basically say, no, we want to rescue people. We want to help no, people. But how can no, we help uh, people unless they're in trouble? Yeah, exactly. Get, that's right. how this whole system works. Okay, that's right. So we're going to have to help people get into trouble so we can help them get out of trouble. Uh, I don't want to do that. I think people are good enough at getting in their own trouble. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, so if you're in trouble and you're waiting for us to come help you, here's some things you should do in the meantime. We've got a couple of links to uh, Reddit. Reddit is a wonderful place these days. Uh, public service announcement, Star Citizen Flight School. The post is by Firestarter18x and his Star Citizen Flight School post and its follow-up are a very, very good reading. Everyone should take a spin through it. It highlights a lot of the things that Chris Roberts was talking about in our interview. He was saying that the flight model is completely different. Throw out everything you know about space sims. It's not the Wing Commander or X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, Yank and Bank, turning fight sim of old days. Get used to the new flight model. Turn off your comm stab. Turn off your G-safe and just learn this new mechanic and you'll have so much more fun and be a lot more effective in the verse. We'll put the links in those show notes. Highly recommend both of those. Uh, do you guys have any particular tips or tricks that you've learned out of your first couple weeks of the game? Yes. Learn how to fly with your thruster coupler disengaged. Oh, yeah. Turn the thing off and on. Jump in and out of that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's that's so much fun. Yeah, definitely. And just like you were saying that basically disable constab, disable G-safe, you can turn so much easier. Now, you turn off constab and G-safe by holding down the control button and hitting the caps lock key. So control caps lock once, turns off the G-safe, control caps lock twice, turns G-safe back on, turns constab off. Then a third time, turns off the G-safe and the constab. So that way you've got the flight mode and complete free-for-all. Then let go of that control key and just hit the caps lock button to turn decoupled mode off and on. So it's all it's all connected to those two keys. And I don't use a controller, uh, so you're going to have to figure that out on yourself. Uh, there's instructions in the Arena Commander manual. Yeah. We want to know if there's any tips out there from you guys. And that's this week's community question. What's your favorite Top Gun tip? Tell us your never-fail strategy for getting into the kill zone and splashing a bogey. Let us know in our show post over on the RSI fan site subforum or leave a comment beneath our show post at cardfrequency.com. And with the latest updates from CIG News Done, let's learn all about UEE credits in this week's Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets! Greetings, Sits and Sibs, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets, where we like to delve into the guts of Star Citizen and give you all the gory details from the inside out. A fair warning up front, though, this game is still in active development, so everything that we say is subject to change. This week, after hitting another stretch goal and questioning the need to continue to reward the backers for running up the scoreboard on every other Ground London game ever, we're going to talk about money. Space money. United Earth credits, UECs, credits, or Imperials. This is how business gets done in the verse. For over 400 years, this centrally issued currency, backed by the full faith and credit of the Central Core Bank, has been the coin of the realm for everything from weapons to groceries. Conceived by the United Planets of Earth before the Dark Messer era, it was designed to alleviate the economic pressures of rapid colonization and expansion. It was not universally accepted at first, the conversion taking four years and an occasional bout of violence before a single currency was widely adopted. 
Once fully armed and operational, the UEC became the very model of a modern major general, Lee accepted unit of account. Even the legendary merchants of the Banu Protectorate began studying it as a replacement for their fractured and confused currency system. For those of us not living in 30th century interstellar space, the UEC is really just a space simi way to say one-tenth of a cent U.S., Available in 5, 10, and 20,000 denominations in the pledge store, this conversion factor has the advantage of being pretty straightforward arithmetically, but kind of depressing otherwise. We know that there are still balancing issues to be worked out, but let's run through some equivalencies. To spend any UEC at this time, you have to have an interface with VD, the Voyager Direct Catalog. According to the VD price list in 30th century space, four UEE Navy recruiting posters are the equivalent of a 25mm cannon. And, of course, with the lockstep conversion rate, once players can start earning UEC in the game, there will be some serious concerns about gold farmers, inflation, and other economic calamities. To the assumed 9 to 1 ratio of NPCs to PCs, the proposed daily limits on UEC purchases, and the fact that we're still very early in the alpha make it a bit early to panic about the problems yet. However, History shows that it's really a good idea to hold on to large amounts of speculative currency. Yeah, I have some ideas. You ready? Because I love the game that we're building. Okay. Right? With the manufacturing of the uh, small capital okay, ships. Right? Yeah, there's, uh, <clears throat> okay, hit me. Banu currency. The gold farmers and all the daily limits on the UEC and stuff like that. What CIG is missing right now is that sort of account bound, only earnable through playtime, not oh, interfaceable hold with the outside it right world type there. stuff. Just stop. So what you're mm -hmm. suggest is to have yet even more, like other MMOs, the unattainable, vastly multiplied, different currencies that we all abhor in things like STO and I mean just one. Oh, just one. Oh, why, just, why stop at just one? one? Why stop at one? I will tell you why you stop at one. Mm -hmm. Number one, for your immersion. You know, you're immersion. You don't want to have like 14 different wallets. But the second reason is, is that in order for playtime to be really a rewarded commodity and not just grindy time and not just, you know, Chinese gold farmer time, you have to have a currency which is tied to time spent interfacing with the game, skill-based interfacing with the game, hard missions, oddball locations that you have to spend time traveling to, other things where you can locate and find digital items that you can't get anywhere else or any way else. And once you have them, are bound to that player account. And then you trade those things for special super rewards or cosmetic items, whatever it is. But the problem with gold farming and people buying up currency amounts and, and then dumping it onto the market, that can all be alleviated by having something that is directly tied to the time equals reward conversion line. You know, and that's got to happen at some point. I, I have a solution to the gold farming, and I wish the game creators would do this. Sell your own currency. Heck, take away the reason for making the money. You follow the market, and you sell your own currency. Oh, you mean like directly interfere? Like the, the game company would just, if they saw like too many gold farmers, they would just dump more currency on the market and or, deflate no, it? No, just uh, sell it on online like the gold farmers do. I'm just tired of all these special currencies. Every time I turn around, some game or another has got another currency, yet we have to go collect. They wrap it in reputation items or they wrap it in some operation that you have to go spend hours and hours and hours upon mining this or killing that. And it's just ridiculous. I want to play the you, game. Jeff, you are absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. And I'm glad you disagree with me because you and I are going to talk about this again and again. Because this is one of my pet interests. 
So you and I will talk about this some more. I'm going to bring you around in my way of thinking for one currency, non-tradable, account-bound. I'm going to bring you around. Didn't they say that they were going to be placing a limit on how much UEC any one account could buy in a given time period? I think it was like, you know, you can right, only spend right. so many per month or whatever it is. Unfortunately with that, that doesn't prevent you from acquiring it from other sources. I mean, if, if you look at the typical Chinese gold farming process, they identify some high rewarding time to reward activities in the game and they just do them repeatedly. They're generating UEC in the game. They're not having to import it from anywhere else. And they just set up an in-game transaction somehow. So the limitation of UEC being imported into the game gets at the, the pay-to-win argument. It goes to the pay-to-win side of things. Oh, I just I want to buy a Constellation today. Okay, I just put in $3,000 of real money and I can buy a fleet of Constellations. The daily transaction limit gets to that end of it, but the in-game earning of UEC, taking it out of the NPC pockets and putting it into the PC pockets of whatever gold farming operation there is, and then taking it out of the PC pockets of the farming operation and putting it into the PC pockets of, I'm going to call them legit players, even though they're gold farming traders and I don't like them, um, putting it into legit players' hands, that operation somehow needs to be slowed down or stopped or at least made less attractive and some kind of account-bound currency where the good stuff or the oddball stuff or the highly regarded pieces of flair can only be purchased with this in-game earnable account-bound currency, I think would cut down on the demand for the gold-farmed stuff. Plus the problem with the, I mean, right now it's not a problem. You're buying 5,000 UEC right. for five, but that right now is not an issue. What becomes an no. issue is when the gold farmers are underselling the stock. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that when you go to VD and you, and you want to get 5,000 UEC credits, I could go to goldfarming.com and buy 10000 for the same amount of money. If they don't right. follow current trends, they're never going to sell any UEC credits. It's all going to be sold by the gold farmers. You get around a lot of that by putting in a second non-tradable currency where the really desirable stuff, whether it's flare or you know alien tech weapons or the things that are cool – and define cool however you want to. We can have another argument about whether it needs to be better weapons or just or just cosmetic things. That's a separate issue. But if you just have that second currency where it's not tradable as easily uh, or at all uh, as the UEC system is now, I think that that's going to be better for the economy in the long term, even though it does start to smack of the MMO trope of the lira, drachmas, deutschmarks, guilders, pounds, pence, etc., etc., well, we currently have the startings of the workings of that sort of system anyway, when you think about it. At the moment, with the UEC credits, you can only buy guns and hangar items. You can't buy ships, which would be the, the cool thing. Yeah. And there's no reason why they couldn't put ships in the Voyager Direct store. They have actively chosen not to. It's a design decision made by the team that ships are just simply mm-hmm. not purchasable for credits. Yet. Yes, yet. Of course, yet. But again, right now, there isn't any good reason why they couldn't be even if it's just as a middleman step. They did always say that there'll be a way to earn those ships in-game. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, that's oh, yeah. that's all cool. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is that we've already got a two-tiered currency system. One just happens to be based on euros or dollars, and the other's based on credits. And it's for buying two completely different types of items. So I can kind of see it going that way a little bit, actually. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Are you new to the verse and need a bit of advice? Is there a tidbit of lore or some sit or sib taught you that we all should know? Let us know by dropping us an email at squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. But for now, 
Let's tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! From our show post at guardfrequency.com, Siberian K writes in and says, Great show! The only thing I didn't like was the background sound during the interview. Just a minor thing, though, and during the rest of the show, it is okay. But really good job, guys. Mm, well, that's because uh, your intrepid co-host who just got off of a plane from L.A. assembled the show last week. And level editing is not my thing. I just I, – I'm not trained for it. I'm not what you call good at it. So – but, uh, you know, th- this week the show should be back in good hands with Mr. Rich taking back over for me. Sorry. No, to be fair, you did do a really good job. I did sort of step out at the absolute last second. So the fact that you guys didn't get my files and everything went weird and we didn't want to delay the show. No, it was a good episode. But, you know, we take the feedback on board and we'll just make sure that we train up a few more staff just in case anybody dies. And don't let me near the door. That's, that's, most, that's the lesson we should all take away from this. Cookie Cupcake writes in and says, you can't have Jason, you can't have Skippy. So don't get used to it. Give them back. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> She's just jealous. We don't She's want She's just jealous that she wasn't tapped to be the extra host. That's what it was. And Sean Newboy writes in, nice people share cookie cupcakes. And he says, fun episode, everyone. From the RSI forum post, Gunfodder writes in and says, listening to Guard Frequency is one of my weekly highlights. Well, recording Guard Frequency is one of our weekly highlights. So I think we're on a level here. Ranger XML writes... Pearl slash anything FPS sounds like Chris Roberts challenged you to dig some of the surprise out of the arena commander. Good show, guys. Well, Parias's uh, column under the bonnet really gets into that, so I can't uh, recommend enough, you guys. Go check out that column over at guardfrequency.com. Stefan writes in, awesome show, guys, and great interview with Chris. Thanks a bunch. You're welcome a bunch. Saudian writes in and says, Great show, guys, and thanks, Tony, for the great Chris Roberts interview. I'm impressed with your clout to pull in the man himself. I'm happy thus far with Arena Commander, understanding that it is an alpha and more is coming. And I had a great time in London, Lennon. Got to see the Queen. Wow, awesome. That's what, amazing. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. He got to see the Queen wow. and he's impressed with me pulling he in did. Chris Roberts? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm hmm. more impressed. Head of state. <laughs> I'm more impressed that he got to see the Queen. Hmm. Ken from Chicago writes in, The Star Citizen freelancer ad X-ray footage also shows why Robert Space Industry has such an eye for detail inside and out. He then goes on to say, So to prepare for realistic 3D Newtonian space physics, you should play asteroids. Yes, asteroids. Yes. Captain Mac STO writes in, Tony, I love the assistance you showed Priority One. Keep up on the guard. Funniest thing ever. Well, and then Jace came in and filled with me. We're all one big happy production family here at Priority One Productions LLC. And if you want to join in, send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Okay, commercial over. And from Facebook, Dilluk Firehawk. Thank you, guys. I love this show. Thanks for making my work very enjoyable. By the way, I demand my sparkling pony. Yeah, talk to the man, Chris Roberts. You know, it's his game. If he wants sparkle ponies, he's going to get sparkle ponies. Sean Hires writes in, We just found the 47 million stretch goal. Space ponies! Yes! Yes, we're going to make this a thing. Jace Pentad writes in and says, Best episode yet. And by complete coincidence, I'm in this one. What a concept. Mm-hmm. A little biased. Fox Anderson says, thank you guys for this, listening to it now. Fox, we met at uh, the Next Ray Starship. We did a quick little fan interview, one of several fan interviews that we have we're going through now. We're going to try to get those out to you over the next week or so. Fox was uh, very generous, uh, very gracious. He uh, gave us a few minutes of his time. We uh, got his thoughts, and uh, we'll be getting his thoughts and other fan perspectives out to you guys over the next couple weeks. So thanks for tuning in, Fox. 
And from our outrageously amazing donor of monetary goodness, Grim Crag sends us a donation of 20 bucks by using the widget on the Card Frequency website and managed to find the special instructions box where he says, do a fancy dance, please. Well, we normally don't take bribes, but since you asked so nicely... So do I get my dollar cut? Uh, I don't know if Grimcrack can <laughs> can reach into your electronic G-string and uh, put that dollar in uh, after that little fancy dance we just did. Well, how was the show for you this week? Was it like lining up a sweet firing solution and vaping a dev in Arena Commander? Or was it more like getting stuck on the loading screen? Well, either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. You can check out our forum post at forums.robberspaceindustries.com. Leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. And you can subscribe feeds.guardfrequency.com or find us on iTunes. And you can hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 27 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 28 on June 24th. Be sure to keep an eye out for our episodes over at guardfrequency.com or on our post over at Robert Space Industries' fan site subforum. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways that we just ran down in the feedback loop, you can hit the contact form at the top of our website. And all the details for all the ways that you can get in touch with us can be found in our show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come and join our team? If so, send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. We are always on the lookout for talented individuals, and right now we are seeking an audio engineer to come and join us. So if you'd like to be part of the best damn space sim podcast ever, then we'd love to hear from you. And if you're looking for a friendly wingman or two, well, check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday night, then come and join us live at guardfrequency.com forward slash live. We start at 8 p.m. Central, which is 2 a.m. Sunday GMT. We want to thank the entire team over at Guard Frequency and Priority One Productions. Thanks to our community manager, Jay Chivalry Bean, and artist, Simon Charlton Edwards. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkies.com for more of his work. But we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, the deep black can get pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Return to 330 Carol 15. Squawk 7700. Stay on the curve. Three, three fixtures of pieces. <clears throat> mm. Aren't those those peanut mm. butter things covered in chocolate? I think so. Yes, I think so. Yes, fixtures of pieces. Yes. Uh, and I forgot to write down the author of that. Hang on a second while I go to that link. You'll have to uh, edit this out, Lennon. Oh, really? Do do do. Really? You will because I because now I need to say the post was by Farter Starter. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I've gone Swedish. We ha- we're big in Sweden. I think you guys should know that. And that's week. And that's week's community question. Beep beep. Even the legendary merchants of the of the. <laughs> beep beep. Are we, are we like bleeping ourselves now? Is Shivery being started there? We just... <laughs> you know, his methods are infectious. It, it is true. It is true, much like his VD. 
there's freelancers coming out of my ass right now. It's great. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> just, you really have to just, see a doctor about When you about remind that. me of that, use a little Vaseline because I don't like it rough. <laughs> Well, imagine imagine a freelancer coming out of they're there. Shape, I mean, that's as we discussed be. with Jace, they're in the right shape for it, so it's all good. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain things I have to say, being British, like, um, my word, and uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like this. We, we're we required by... Come in. Yeah, someone's at my door oh, at 10 o'clock at someone's night. Someone's at the this door. Is, uh, hang on, I better go check this out here. I'm going to mute my microphone, and I'll be right back. <laughs> I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake my fist and say, the damn kids. I think the, uh, I went out there and there was nobody there. Uh, so. Were they on your lawn? They, I think they were on my lawn and uh, didn't see a flaming bag of dog excrement. So I think I got away uh, scot-free on that one. But next time, the flaming bag of poop will be there next time, I'm sure. <laughs> Guard Frequency has 20 listeners. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> And that Perfect is it. He has 20 listeners, period. <laughs> so there's the three of us and like 17 other guys. Poor, to be, I don't know, to be fair, I listened to it three times whilst editing, so that probably <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> we start at 8 p.m. Central, which is 2 a.m. Sunday GMT. And my cat is like attacking the window now, I think. Yeah, she's attacking the window, and she's going to make a racket during the closing. Hang on while I get a stick and poke her. This is why you need a Nerf gun. Yeah, well, I have a Nerf gun that's just in the garage. I have a, I have a Nerf gun arsenal. It's just uh, in the garage. Okay, down, cat. Poke you with a pencil until you get down. Or shut up. Now, now, okay, now she's attacking me through the curtain. That's also nice. Cat, get out of there. Oh, now she's back. Come on. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> get down. Go on. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, I'm going to kill the cat. My God, that stupid creature. Get out of there. Yeah, that's what I thought. Down.